Good morning. We're going to be continuing in Matthew 28. I want to go ahead and read the scriptures now. So if you would turn with me to Matthew 28. I want to uh, tell all of you it's good for you. It's good to see you today. Do pray for me, for I am under the weather a little bit. But the Lord is never under the weather. Amen. And so we would depend upon Him more and more each and every day that we have breath to, to, to do so. So if you find your place with me in Matthew chapter 28, stand with me to read God's Word. We're going to read the whole chapter. Now after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who had been crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee there. You will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and take, my, take the word to my brethren. To, uh, to leave the Galilee, and there they will see me, in our text today. Now while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all that happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the so soldiers and said, you are to say, his disciples came by night and stole him away while you were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ear, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and is to this day. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which was designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You may be seated. Thank you. We have a lot of promises here that have uh, been fulfilled, but today we're going from fact to fiction. We've had the facts laid out, and now the people, that the unconverted people of the world, uh, uh, the unconverted people of all uh, generations, have the facts laid out before them, and it is without a shadow of the doubt that Jesus Christ suffered on the cross and was buried, laid in the grave for three days, he was resurrected, by the power of God and was raised for our justification and descended on the glory. Amen? That is the gospel. Amen? If there's anything broken in that, if you don't believe any a part of that, you have a broken gospel. It is vitally important that we understand that Jesus Christ died. There's no dispute of, over that. Jesus Christ laid in the grave. No dispute of, of that. Jesus Christ was resurrected for our justification. Amen. Hallelujah, what a Savior, amen? That's the power of God upon our lives. That's the power of God that we look to this. And we see the drama that's going to be taking place here. The, the title is The Fact from Fact to Fiction. In the points we had, the facts reported in verse 11, the facts contemplated in verse 12. Verse 3, we have the turning point from fact to fiction. And then four, uh, the fourth point, we have protection promised in verse 14. And number five point, fifth point will be the propaganda explosion in verse 15. So we see that we have been in Matthew for the last three years. That's hard to imagine. It went kind of quick. When you think about all that we have gone through in the book of Matthew. Amen? Don't y'all think it went kind of quick? Before you, we felt like we just started here. We are at the end of it now. But we have learned a lot of, many th- a lot of things. Lots and lots of things through the book of Matthew. And pointing out truth. And that's what we'll be looking at today. The truth of God's word. The promised Messiah. Looking for the, uh, the truth of God in his word. And I tell you, you're a blessed man if you have a Bible in your hand today. This is the foundation that we stand on. We don't worship the Bible, but we know who wrote the Bible. Therefore, we believe it to be true. Amen? And we see the power of God for any man being able to stand on truth would not be his truth, but the truth that comes out of the Word of God. And this is the crescendo that you had last week when we talk about the resurrection. We're picking up right after the resurrection when Jesus was found not in the tomb. When the tomb was found emptied. And then the world wants to come up with lies about this. So we see that Jesus Christ... Is the son of the living God. We see that Jesus Christ is the full payment, the propitiation of our sins that died upon the cross. And there's just so much more there, but now he calls us brothers. If you notice in verse 10. You are a friend of God. You are born again by the power of God 
and that the resurrection is not there, you're not born again. It, it destroys everything if the resurrection is broken. And if he didn't die on the cross, it's broken. It's not paid in full. All these things are very essential to our lives. We haven't seen any of these things in our eyes ourselves, but God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has shown us these things. Therefore, we have been changed by the power of God. Amen? We, do you believe the Bible? If you believe the Bible, you will see for a fact that it is fact after fact after fact after fact. But now the, the truth of the matter is the world is a big lie and devil has been lying from the beginning. Amen? And if you have no part of a lie, why? Because you are the part of the truth. And when God does that work in you, you stand for truth. If you do anything in your life, you stand for truth. God's Word says it, and that is settled. Amen? So we see here that the people that were in the background are the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious folks. Well, they hate Christ, just as you did before you came to know Him. Just as you nailed Him to the cross, as we nailed Him to the cross. Were you there when they crucified our Lord? If you're a born-again child of God today, the answer to that is yes. Because he paid the penalty for us and was raised on the third day, just as he said. Could you imagine that day? The soldiers are looking, looking about, standing about the, the tomb in the middle of that night. Not day, but in the middle of the night. Then all of a sudden, a bright light. And all of a sudden, the, the, the earth starts to tremble. Then before you know it, they see the, 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 the big stone rolled away. And they fall into a coma. They just comatose at this time. They are so freaked and stressed, they just pass out. I think it was the mercy of God to cover their eyes at this time. But they fell as dead men. You see in verse 11, now while they were on their way, no, excuse me, back up to uh, verse 4, it said, the guards shook into, uh, for fear of him and be, uh, became like dead men. So we see that when we get a picture of this, we, the drama has to come with us because we're going to touch base on 11 when we get started here. And to get there, we have to understand what the... Uh, uh, these soldiers have seen at this time. They have seen the earthquake. They have seen the great light, the angel, right? They have seen the stone rolled away, and they may even pierced in to see if the body wasn't there. Nobody's seen Jesus physically come out of the grave. Physically. Nobody's seen that. But he exposes himself through it. But they collapsed with fear, uh, just in the presence of that. And thinking about that, there's a lot of people that have come to a lot of fear but never come to the Lord like these people that we'll be talking about now. If anybody was going to be converted, it just proves again that it takes the power of God to convert a, a dead soul. They had all the proof in the world right, to believe. 
They were there. They saw the, the trembling at the, at the gravesite, uh, a different set of group, uh, uh, trembling at the uh, gravesite, the three hours of darkness, right? And all the things that took place here, the trembling and the tearing of the veil, all the stuff, all these rumors coming here. And now they see in the middle of the night a great light coming. The earth trembling, the thousands of pounds, however much it weighed, stone rolled away from the opening of the grave that they were to set guard on. And now this is where they're at. You reckon they're excited? You reckon they, after they woke up, they're thinking, okay, what happened? You ever been in a situation like that? You woke up and everything was kind of, what actually happened right here? Something happened real quick and then... Wow, what happened? What happened is that the grave was open, right? The women were not there at the time. And by the time the women got there, they, the, the Roman soldiers were already gone from there. And some of them went into the city. Some of them went back in to the city. Now, I want to read this to you. Now, while they were on their way, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all that happened. And we see that the chief priest was given by Pilate, this guard, to go guard this very thing that took place. They were supposed to guard and protect it from happening, and they failed in their duty. And after they woke up, however long time it was, they woke up and the stone was rolled away. And I take it that they may have looked in to see that the body wasn't there either. But one of the things to remember in the book of John, there was a napkin that was on his face that was laid aside and folded. And that was a sign saying that he's coming back. Amen? To understand that is like you would be at, a, at the dinner table, and if you folded your napkin up, you told the waiter right then that you're coming back. If you didn't fold it up and you just threw it there, you were done. But Jesus Christ took this napkin, folded it up, laid it to the side for a sign to say he's coming back. Amen? That's glorious when you think about the terror that these guys, I imagine these guys were sick to their stomach. Their nerves rattled to the very point of, uh, of just vomiting everywhere, you would think. And so we think, we, we see this and, and, and they're running, they're in shock. They don't know what to do. The very thing that they're supposed to be protecting and guarding and taking care of has been a failure to them. But you find here it's interesting, between the women coming and going, between the priests, I mean, uh, the guards coming or leaving, they came to the city to report to the chief priest. Now, why would they report to the chief priest? They come to, to report to them because they needed, some, they needed some mercy. They need somebody in high places right here because they failed. You know why? Because the tomb was empty. The tomb, they failed, and that would, in, uh, being under the authority of a Roman soldier, that was the uh, neglect of duty. Therefore, that, would, that was murder for you. You would be uh, crucified yourself. You would be put to death by not fulfilling your obligation. So they go to the chief priest, because they're the ones that kind of uh, sent them out there. They go to the chief priest, and they report the facts to the chief priest, there's no reason that we believe that uh, anywhere in Scripture that they may have get given something else. So they get to the chief priest because let me tell you what happened out here. 
There was a bright light. The earth was shaking, and before you know it, the, tomb, uh, the door of the tomb was opened up, and then we passed out. And then we woke up, and we woke up, we came here to tell you what took place. Do you see that? There's no reason to believe that uh, they were not telling the truth. We have nothing to say that they did not tell the truth, but we do see that they gave to give a report of what they seen. Do you think the, the facts reported were believed by the priest? They knew something happened, they just didn't know what. So we saw the facts that reported of what took place prior to this. And then we go on to the, uh, the facts contemplated. Verse 12, And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a, a large sum of money to the soldiers. With the religious leaders' worst fear, has been realized has come to pass. The tomb was empty. Now, when you think about the tomb being empty, what does that mean to you? It shouldn't mean something to us. Because it's a completion one, the sacrifice. It's a completion of what God said he was going to do, exactly what was going to happen. Aren't you glad there's not a body in there? Because if the body wasn't risen... Uh, unto the glory of God, we would, we would not be justified. We can't take a piece out of the puzzle. We have to have all of the puzzle put in there and kept in there. And we can't say, well, I believe in everything else. But, I, you know, I, I don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and you don't believe the gospel. And it wasn't a swoon theory where they just kind of swoon in there and uh, there's more to that or the uh, big hallucination theory or or there's all kind of theories that people have come up with years later trying to pass that on through, that Jesus would just, he was shredded to pieces, put in the grave, and he came back too because it's nice and cool in there. Trying to deny the power of God, trying to deny who he was. But you think about the what's behind the soldiers at this time. They're the, the assembly, the elders consulted together. The Sanhedrin got together, and they have come to realize what, what y'all went out there to do, you failed at. But there wasn't much discussion about that. They were discussing on how to uh, get it handled to where it would disgrace Christ, how to lie about it. Listen to what it says. And when they assembled together, they... The elders consulted together. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. And we see that they were trying to figure out a plan. And they came up with one, how to bribe them. Consider the amount was a large sum, enough that they would lie to their superiors. So it had to be a big sum of money. And so we see that the the substantial bribe was going to be needed to persuade the, uh, to do the persuading for the chief priests what do what they wanted to do. You think about the power of a bribe. You think about what we've already had uh, throughout the, the gospel with Judas uh, being paid off for 30 shekels, uh, 30 pieces of uh, silver, right? It was just a bribe after bribe when we see that um, there is obviously something, you know, them trying to cover it up, saying that it really happened. 
Think about that for just a minute. Them trying to cover, cover up something that was true, right? This is the turning point right here when you think about what has to happen. We have to turn your truth into a lie and cover it up so this man would not be uh, spreading all these false things about him being God. And so we see the facts reported, the facts contemplated, and now we see the turning point from fact to fiction. And he said, you are to say, the Sanhedrin says to the disciples, I mean, uh, the guards, his disciples came by night and stole him away while you were asleep. That was just unacceptable when you think about we're going to say that disciples were the ones that came and stole the body away, undressed the body, left the clothes there, the death cloth. And we really expect people to believe this. Admitting that they slept on their watch would be fatal. They slept on the job. I mean, you think about what they're trying to cover up here. The story would be put out, would say this, that they had, uh, while they were asleep, while they were on duty, the disciples came by night and stole the body away. Now, that's impossible, and we'll look a little further in that in just a moment here, but... That's what they went to prevent happening to happen, is to stop them from rolling the stone away, stop them from stealing the body, right? And now they're saying that's what took place. They wanted them to, to, to lie about the truth that they heard. He was, a, he, was risen, he was a risen body instead of a stolen body. And then we see the protection promised. If this should come, in verse 14, and if this should come to the governor's ear, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. The priest recognized that the danger and promise to persuade Pilate to keep them out of trouble had to be a big payoff in order to persuade, if it came to pass, they had to persuade Pilate. But there was no denying that they were put on guard to prevent the theft of the body. There was no denying that the body had been in the tomb when the stone was sealed. There was no denying that the body was no longer there. But they wanted to deny that it was resurrected. It is risen, came to life, and came out of there as the risen Savior. See, the people that believe this really do have something to say. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Amen? The protection promised. All in their actions. See, we, we, what we believe, right, is how we act. Do you see all this? Are you catching that as we go through? The, the guards did not want to believe that Jesus was, is the risen Savior. Right? But we believe he is the risen Savior, and this is the way we act, the way that we do. We, have, we are lovers of Jesus Christ, and everything that has taken place in the Word of God is to be true and is written upon our hearts that we may not sin against him. Amen? We have the power of God upon our lives. He paid that price in full, risen, and ascended on to glory. 
right? And we have a risen Savior. He's in the world today. Amen? And this is, this is you can't take this away from us, but you can't just teach us by words. It takes an act of God to change that stony heart into a heart of flesh. You see that? So you're going to act out what you believe. You love the Lord? Well, the world's going to know that you love the Lord. You hear that? They're going to know that you're a lover of Jesus Christ. Why? Because what you say, the way that you act, what you watch, and what you do. And if you're a hater of Christ, that's exactly what you're going to show up. You're going to, you're going to deny the whole thing. He wasn't God. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. But I tell you, the promise protect, the protection promise uh, was uh, it was just saying exactly what they went to prevent. But listen to this right here. I got a couple things I want to share with you here. Listen to this. How crazy this is. What motive would the disciples have to steal the body of Jesus? Grave robbing was a serious offense. It might even result in a death sentence. If the guards were asleep, are we really to believe a group of men without making a single sound could roll away a massive stone in front of the tomb and lift, it out, of the, lift out the corpse of Jesus? If the guards were asleep, how could they have known who had stolen the body? If the guards were asleep, why did they not suffer the usual penalty for failure to protect the body entrusted to them, which is the death penalty? If a guard did not identify the, the a, if the guards did identify the disciples stealing the body, why didn't the guard rise? That raised the alarm at the time and stopped the theft. If the authorities had any evidence at all that the disciples had stolen the body, then surely they would have them arrested immediately and put on trial. Did you hear that? I mean, this is how ridiculous this is. But you know, in just a couple of weeks after this, they're being persecuted and put on trial because they're preaching Jesus Christ crucified and has risen. See, they went against the grain because the whole world was saying this, right? The whole world, this lie's gone out, right? This is just so crazy ridiculous, you know, in uh, logic. But logic is not going to save you. You hear me? You can do this Bible, you can read this Bible upside down, backwards, any language you want to, the devil does it well, right? But that's not going to save you. It takes the power of God to change that heart and mind, soul, and, uh, and all that you are. To purify that soul is the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? The risen Savior. He's not wanting to die. He's, these people wouldn't be willing to die for him, right? And all the martyrs that we have in the world today, if they didn't believe, See how the strength of true saving faith is? It's the power of God, of the resurrected Savior that we serve. That dwells in us. That's the power of They go against the grain. They go against the world. They didn't care what anybody else thought. 
And if they were going to die, and most of them did, they were going to die honoring God. So we see the, the ridiculous claims that we have here. So many different ways. Then we also see the propaganda explosion in verse 15. And they took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews in to this day. Matthew has given us a background to the rumor which still exists in the time that he wrote the gospel. A rumor that the disciples had stolen the body of Jesus. Now you think about these people that ran at the crucifixion. They were going to come overpower the soldiers at the grave to steal the body away. And where are they now? Again, giving a, a, a lot of credit to the women. The women are the ones that's taking care of business. The women are the ones that came to the grave to take care of business. The women were the ones, the first ones that uh, uh, Jesus exposed himself to. Amen? Right? It's the women that uh, kept on about the business, about serving the Lord, even when they did not understand everything. So 25 years later, they are still pressing this on and looking at the... Uh, uh, the the life of us like 90 years uh, looking at the life of the, some of the uh, disciples of John right that they were still putting this out this lie that he was stolen by the disciples a lying leadership in the hands of much money they're using God's money to do the devil's bidding So we see they, they both were involved. One was a lie, and they took the bribery. One was given, and one was receiving. Both in this, despite the precautions, setting the guards of soldier, nobody have ever produced the body. Aren't you glad? You know, you see this, some of the... Uh, this nonsense that you see on TV is that they found the body of Christ. No, they didn't. The body of Jesus. No, they didn't. He's in glory right now with that glorified body. Looking upon those things. I tell you that the evidence that Jesus has come, died, risen on the third day would change your life. There was no denying that the, 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 the grave was empty. No denying that. Everybody agreed that it was emptied. How that happens, what they had a problem with. The evidence about Jesus was right before them. They knew that Jesus had healed the, the uh, blind man, the deaf and the lame people. They knew the 5,000 uh, was fed with the boy's lunch. They knew that he had raised the, back to life the daughter of the synagogue and the leader called Jairus. They knew he called a man, uh, uh, he called a man, Lazarus, dead, 
in the tomb after four days, he came out and everyone saw that he was alive. They knew that the disciples had not stolen the body, but an angel from God rolled the stone away and pronounced Jesus has been raised. They knew but chose to lie instead of the truth. They chose to lie instead of the truth. We see that we live what we believe. As already said, everything about us says that we are believers of Jesus Christ. Everything about us believe, says that we believe that he has risen from the grave. We believe the Bible. We believe that we've been born again by the power of God, not by just being smart. Amen. Smart people need to be saved too. The same as the ones on the other end. It's proof. <laughs> Amen. So we had 10 appearances here. We had the appearance of Mary Magdalene, the first one. Then the woman, then Peter. Then two on the road to Emmaus. 11 on Sunday evening. 11 again later on that week. 7 at the, uh, with Galilee, with the 5,000 in Galilee. Then James. Then the eleven on the Mount of Olives as he ascended into heaven. It's a matter of fact. Jesus Christ is risen. It's a matter of fact that if he had not been risen, and if Jesus not raised, we're all together pitiful. We're lost and we will be damned. Because he cannot be raised and our penalty be paid in full. Because it takes holy justice to be satisfied and it takes a holy God to receive it, to give it, to receive it and satisfy it. Amen? It takes the power of God to call one from the dead. And this to change our life. This to change everything about us if we believe this. And they took the money and did as they were instructed. And the story was widely spread through among the Jews and to this day. For 30 to 90 years, even to this day, even to this day, people come up with stuff that's just, they don't believe in the resurrection. But they won't read the Bible to find it out either. I want to close with this right here. And, uh, Philippians 4, I want to read this to you. Thanks for your patience this morning. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. In the peace of God, where surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, and listen to this. This is what we should be meditating on, thinking on. Listen to this. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, of good repute, if there is any excellence... And if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. These things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace 
be with you all. Amen. I'm going to, uh, we're going to take the Lord's Supper here in just a minute. And this is exactly, it, it is such a privilege to be able to take the Lord's table, remembering the work that was done in our behalf, remembering all that He did for us, and that we may, should think on these things forevermore. Hey, aren't you, are, are you glad you're saved by the power of God? Aren't you glad that God didn't leave you like the, the soldiers? Aren't you glad He didn't ask? Amen? Had He asked, you probably would have said no, but He changed you first. Then you would just act out your nature and gladly receive all that He is. Now that is something to ponder, something to think about, something to rejoice in. So as we come to the table, we need to examine ourselves to make sure we are not taking it in vain, that we're not discrediting.